story of the, the first Christmas Eve that we just read. And last Sunday morning, we were talking about Jesus saying that he is the way and the truth and the life. You know, all the great religious teachers and leaders were very good at humbly saying, this, this right here, that's the way. Follow that way. Do these things. But Jesus, he's different. He's a different way. He said, I am the way. He didn't point them another direction. He pointed to himself. He, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Truth is now not a philosophical proposition. Truth is a person. And it happened in Bethlehem on that first Christmas morning. Last Sunday morning, those of you that were here will remember that I talked about the way to Bethlehem being a different way and a bumpy way. And tonight I want to talk with you about the way to Bethlehem being a joyful way. It's a joyful way. We uh, see hints of it with every, every person that we hear say, Merry Christmas. Be merry. Or in England they say, Happy Christmas. Or if you hear someone say, Happy Holidays, I know that uh, sometimes we wish they would say, Merry Christmas, instead of Happy Holidays. But you know, I don't mind people saying Happy Holidays, because Happy Holidays, the etymology of the word holidays is holy days. So, <laughs> Happy Holy Day. Amen. There's something about Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that is that imparts, it is a, is a means of grace to us, isn't it? It stirs up um, the gospel to us in a personal way. There is a joy that's there that's profound for us. We will remember, my first uh, thing I want to sort of talk about, the way to Bethlehem is a joyful way that's inspired by a glorious supernatural factor. The angels broke in. The angels broke in on a, the humdrum life of the shepherds. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel, I think that they, God uh, set, sort of gave them an appetizer before the meal. It's like one angel came and sort of got them ready. And then the full course, all the angels were there, you know. But the angel said, do not be afraid. For behold, look at it. I bring you good news of what? Of great joy. And in the Greek, the language the Bible is written in is mega. I give you mega joy. Good news of mega joy. And then when the, you remember in the story of the Magi, when they saw the star, they saw that miraculous star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Joy, exceedingly mega joy. So it was a real joyful time, and it was based on the supernatural. You know, I, before I came to Christ, I had times of being happy. I had times of laughter. I had times of, of uh, meaningful pleasure, you know, happiness. But it does, doesn't compare one, one bit, one wit to the level of meaningful joy that 
the miracle of Jesus Christ coming into our lives brings us. It is a profound, what does Peter call it? It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you know what? Once you experience that supernatural joy related to the supernatural, not an angel breaking in or, or a star leading or guiding you for you and me, but the Holy Spirit calling you forth to the person of Jesus and you in a very personal way, putting your faith in Jesus Christ and into your deepest soul. It's no longer true of you that the proverb says, even in laughter their heart is sick. And as Henry David Thoreau once wrote, most people live out their lives in a kind of quiet desperation. That's not true of you anymore because there is a supernatural joy connection because you are connected to heaven. You see, heaven has a, is filled with, with emotions. Emotions that have, are in the superlative. Emotions that have infinite dimensions and quality. And in the atmosphere of heaven, one of the great great uh, atmospheres and environments of heaven is a supernatural joy. We have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, Hebrews says. And we know that the Father is joyful and the Son Jesus is joyful and the Holy Spirit is joyful. And he pours out his joy on into us as a fruit and as a gift of the Holy Spirit. But it's a miraculous joy. I will never go back to, to trying to have happiness and joy outside of Christ. Once you've tasted that the Lord is good with reference to joy and happiness and meaning on the inside, you can never go back. You are ruined for life. John Stott wrote, greatest theologian, Joy in God is to be the major characteristic of the people of God. That is why we ought to be the most positive people in the world. And Karl Barth, German theologian, last century, wrote, Joy is the simplest form of gratitude. You want to say thank you for Jesus? We stand in front of a miraculous opportunity for joy every single day, not just at Christmas, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. You and I, in Christ, have an opportunity to choose into miraculous joy, choose the presence of joy, choose into rejoicing. That's why the Apostle Paul, even in jail, even while he was in prison, he could say, rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice. He could choose joy and we can choose. We now have a very real option of joy, no matter what may be going down in our lives uh, circumstantially, no matter what's going on. Good things happen, we say hooray. Bad things happen, we say, oh, I wish that hadn't happened. We pray about it. But we, we always default to this presence of, the, of God that is, that is filling us all the time with his joy. Secondly, the way to Bethlehem is a joyful way that is inspired by an incredible together factor. I remember, I think about the, the, the Magi. They had a fellowship of this experience, didn't they? Of going to Jerusalem, following the star. Star disappears. We need to find out where this king's to be born. So they go to, the, 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 to Jerusalem, to King Herod. Where's the, where's the king of the Jews to be born? Herod says, what? What? A threat to my, my ruling? And uh, they, they look it up, and the prophets say it's supposed to happen in Bethlehem. 
And so they head there, and they're shocked that no one in, in all of Jerusalem wanted to go with them to see the, their new king. They went anyway, and the star appeared, and they had that incredible joy factor ha- happen. But can you imagine how they were in their friendship the rest of their lives, those three? Or, I mean, the early church history says it's three might have been a different number, but no one knows for sure. But there was a fellowship, I think, don't you, that they, they, they celebrated that Christmas event throughout the rest of their life. Don't you think they did that? It was a wonderful experience. The shepherds, throughout the course of their whole life, do you think that they ever, ever stopped talking about the night that they got to have the visitation of the angels and to see to see uh, baby Jesus, see the King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord of lords in that manger? There's a together factor there. There's a fellowship factor. I know that's why we're here, isn't it? We, we don't want to celebrate this, this amazing birth of the God-man Jesus by ourselves. There's something within us that calls out to others. This is something we are to celebrate together. Families go for miles, fly miles, spend thousands of dollars to get home for Christmas. People sing about, I'll be home for Christmas, you know, if only in my dreams. It's like something that's so special, so wonderful. And, you know, we wanted family to be together here so bad that we wanted to say, you know what, we're not, we're not going to have child care. We want the kids to be loud right in the middle of this, louder than that manger might have been, you know. And uh, the sounds of life and the sounds of family, it's a beautiful sound. It's this, this wonderful together factor that we appreciate so much. We inspire each other with joy, don't we? really does, it is infectious in a good way that way, isn't it? So, listen to this. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's come to pass, which the Lord's made known to us. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all the... All those that heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherd, shepherds. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen. But it was, this was a together celebration, a together praise, just like we were praising God tonight. This message was designed to bring us joy in fellowship together. And that's what this is about. There's also this last talking point I have for tonight's talk. The way to Bethlehem is a, it's inspired by a glorious supernatural factor, an incredible together factor. It's also a joyful way, a joyful road that's inspired by a contagious generosity factor. The shepherds were quite happy and willing to generously share the good news that they'd experienced. Not just receiving information about uh, the God-man, Jesus, being born, but this whole experience, this breaking in of heaven into their lives, the good things that they experienced in God, they couldn't keep still about it. Samuel Shoemaker in the 1800s, an a, uh, American Presbyterian preacher, I'll never forget, reading that he once said, our experience of Christianity can be measured by our inability to keep still about it. And you know, these shepherds couldn't keep still about it. 
And I don't think that they like got on a soapbox and preached on the corner, you know. It wouldn't be a bad thing if they did. But I think just in the natural course of their life, people, friends, family, people that they cared about, people that they ran into that they knew, their network of, of relationships and, and connections, it's just a natural way they gossiped this amazing news that there is this message about joy from heaven breaking in on us and a Savior's been born to us. They couldn't keep still about it. They were generous. The Magi, obviously, frankincense, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, huh? Generous, yes. They experienced joy in their giving. Do you experience joy in giving? Are you, are you among the 70%... Statistically, a survey was done in recent weeks. 70% of American adults say they get more blessing from giving presents than receiving. I don't know about that 30%. What's wrong with them? But you know what? Don't you get a lot of joy in giving? Isn't that where the joy is? Doesn't that inspire happiness in you? I know it does me, doesn't it? And it inspires more generosity. There was Kathy uh, Greger and Brian Greger. They've done this so for years, this lightly loved toys ministry where they, they work hard, give so generously of their time and resources and work. And typically every year for, year, for years, I don't know what they have this year at uh, this point, but they over a thousand kids in need receive presents they, they, get, they don't give the presents to the children. They give the presents to the parents to give to the children or the guardians to give to the children. So that emotionally, the, it's from the parents. But someone saw that Kathy had a need of a new or a different van because one that they were driving for years was all beat up and break, always breaking down, probably fixing it with bailing wire all the time, that kind of thing, you know. And so they had the resources to do this. They gave generously. They surprised her with, a, with an almost new van. Isn't that a generous thing to do? But one of the things that was really cool to me was that that very act, someone found out about that that, 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 that happened, and they had the resources to do it, and it inspired them to, give it, give, to buy a new car for someone else that was in a need that they heard about. So there's this contagious factor for generosity, isn't there? Whether it's a big gift like a car or a smaller gift, it's a, you know, my, a brag on my two grandsons, Xavier and Dommy. Xavier's seven, there he is right there, Dommy's five. And they were having a family devotion a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about the needs of the world, you know, and, you know, they had, they had their savings all that grandpa sends them money, you know, from time to time, and they had all this uh, bank, bank, their piggy banks filled with $1 bills. And you know what they decided to do? They said, we're going to give, every, they decided together, they inspired each other, we're going to give every one of our dollar bills to buy chickens for a poor family in a third world country for Christmas. You know what, That's, that made them feel so good. It's sure it's costly, but it made them feel so good. And that's what you've experienced in giving as well. I want to conclude uh, this talk tonight with, with two, uh, two short stories one of them is a reference to Linus in, in Charlie Brown Christmas. You know that 1965 vintage. 
you remember that Linus who holds on so tightly, so, so desperately to his security, his blanket. And then at that point where the angel says, do not fear, at that point he lets go of his security and abandons himself to the message of the angel. Don't, do not fear, I bring you good tidings of great joy unto you. Linus is born this day in the city of David, a savior. And the call there is to let go of any other security we have and abandon ourselves to joy in God. Well, Linus, in one more instance in that story, drops his blanket. And that's when Lucy has sent Charlie Brown and Linus to find this perfect Christmas tree. But Charlie Brown, being who he is, finds the ugliest, most dilapidated, dumb-looking little Christmas tree you could find. And Linus does something remarkable. He wraps his blanket around the tree, and it turns into this most beautiful, beautiful Christmas tree. And what Charles Schultz is saying there is the power, the power of generosity, not to a tree, but to people. There's a symbolism there. There's a huge impact we make with generosity, and I think the biggest impact is on ourselves. When we discover in the power and leading of God in our lives to live a whole lifestyle of creative generosity, we can never go back to just living for ourselves. It's just not the same at all. There's such supreme happiness in giving in that sort of way. Just ask Ebenezer Scrooge. You remember Charles Dickens famous Christmas story, selfish, selfish, miserly, Ebenezer Scrooge, just counting his money, doesn't care about Christmas, bah, humbug, over and over and over again. He has on Christmas Eve, when he goes to bed at night, a dream in which three different spirits come to him, spirit of Christmas, present, past, future, and he's terrified, especially by the spirit of Christmas, future because his gravestone is there, his tombstone, his name is on it, and no one remembers who he is. There is no one who remembers anything good that he did. And he wakes up in the morning so grateful that he's alive, and it isn't true that he is, he's destined to that end. He has another chance. And I want to read, take me just a couple minutes to read to you the ending of that great story and how he, his generosity was stirred and how that affected his personal supernatural joy seemingly in this great story. Ebenezer Scrooge, he was so happy. He was so happy. He fluttered and so glowing with good intentions when he woke up that next morning. He'd been sobbing violently when he woke up from the dream and his face was wet with tears. Why, I don't know what to do, cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. A Happy New Year to all the world. Hello, whoa, hello. Ha, 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 ha. Really, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh. 
a most illustrious laugh, the father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. Ebenezer was checked in his transports by the church bells ringing out the lustiest peals he'd ever heard. Clang, ding dong, oh glorious, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist, clear, bright, jovial, stirring, cold, cold. He wanted to dance. Golden sunlight, heavenly sky, sweet, fresh air, merry bells. Oh, glorious, glorious. What is today? What is today, cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in Sunday clothes. Eh, returned the boy, with all his might filled with wonder. What is today, my good man? asked Scrooge. Why, today, today is Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day, said Scrooge to himself. I haven't missed it after all. So he went to church, good Scrooge, and he walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro. He patted children on the head and greeted beggars and looked down into kitchens and up to windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He'd never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. He sent the biggest turkey in the poultry shop to his employee, Bob Cratchit, and surprised him with a huge per hour raise. He shocked his nephew with a cheerful visit and joined the family for Christmas feast. In fact, Scrooge was better than his word. So generous, so generous, he did it all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as a, a good friend and a good employer, and as good a man as that good old city ever knew, or any other good old city, town, or county in the whole good old world. It was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, as well as any man alive. And may that be truly said of us, all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. God bless us, everyone. Amen. The way to Bethlehem's joyful. My friends, you stand in front of an opportunity for supernatural joy in your life every day not related to circumstances. You have a very real option in, to, in Jesus Christ, default to supernatural joy. That is a real option for you. Don't miss that opportunity. You, have a, you stand in front of an opportunity to share the beauty of experiencing Christ and his miraculous work in your life with others. Don't hesitate to engage that because it will trigger joy in them and even more joy in yourself. And may this, this message, these words of inspiration from the Christmas story, the Magi and the shepherds and some other stories that we've shared, may they inspire us to a deeper level of generosity in a way where we have the great pleasure of living it as a lifestyle, fully and happily. As we pass the light around for the candles, as we sing Silent Night in just a moment, 
I trust that you will, you will see the light as being the fire of God inspiring you to welcome His supernatural presence and joy in your life. That sharing it with the next person as you pass the light to someone else will emphasize this, the sharing of the beauty of sharing that life with others, fellowshipping that with others, and that both those together will, will trigger and catapult us to, it, to a continual lifestyle of creativity in God-given, God-led creativity of giving generously wherever we are in all kinds of ways and in doing that, experiencing the level of joy of heaven that we were designed for, destined for, and created for, okay? Let's go ahead and uh, pass those lights around now. We're going to sing Silent Night in just a moment. I want to ask that you uh, be very careful not to drip wax. Okay? This is a no-drip wax zone. <laughs> and, and try not to let your child catch the person in the row in front of you, their hair on fire, okay? Those two things. You have two jobs, okay, <laughs> as we think about this tonight. Light of the world, Jesus, pass from one soul to the next in symbol, symbolism right now.
Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're our Savior. If there's anyone here tonight that is face-to-face -face with you and is resisting your love, your knock on their heart, door to their heart, that your grace would move them to realize what they're missing, that they could have such profound, deep meaning and purpose through a supernatural joy. Supernatural joy. Oh, God. And may all of us grow in the wonder of that heavenly joy that we will, we will have the pleasure of experiencing forever. May we know it more and more in this life, not just on Christmas Eve, but always. We ask your blessing on each one of us here tonight, those watching from home, and all of our families. Keep us all safe and in good health, and keep us close to you, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you all to feel welcome to fellowship afterwards. We have some uh, hot cider and some cookies. You're welcome to stay as long as you would like to tonight for fellowship. God bless you and your families. Thank you for joining us tonight here at New Song Church. Amen. You can, ex you can blow the candles out. Make sure they're all the way out. And there's some, uh, you can put them in the garbage cans on the way out. Don't put them in the garbage can on the way out. Where are we putting them? <laughs> Set them on the table. Set them on the table. There you go. That's a better idea. <laughs> Set them on the table.